Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kunz along with Cindy Jennings coming to you from the beautiful Diocese of Duluth for Real Presence Live Tuesday edition. We're uh, coming from the St. James campus of Stella Maris Academy. Uh, and let's start off. Well, good morning first, Cindy. Good morning. We're going to start with a prayer, okay? okay? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, be with us. Send your spirit upon us. Send your spirit upon our guests. But mostly send your spirit upon those that are listening, that everything that we say and do throughout this show is for your greater glory and bringing our listeners closer to you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Cindy, how have you been? I have been... Oh, great. I mean, I haven't seen great. you on the radio yeah. for a while. <laughs> well... You know, um, some things pop up here and there. Yeah. Um, no, it's been good. The weather's getting better, better, it and the is. light's getting better, and everything's getting better. So spring, it, spring. It doesn't seem so. Okay, I was just talking to my secretary earlier. It's, it doesn't seem like Lent so far because we had so many things cancel. Mm-hmm. I mean, up in Duluth, I know that we have listeners all over the place, but Duluth has had really, really crummy weather lately, and I've canceled almost everything Lenten so far. So it's like here we are in week two, and it's like we've hardly done anything Lenten. Although last night I did have Stations of the Cross for the first time, which was great. I do it on Mondays, I know, but I get a large, large crowd that way. So anyhow, so yep, we're in the, uh, week two of Lent, and uh, it, it's more like winter wonderland here in Duluth, but it's getting better. It is. I like it. And I hopefully you can shove some more stuff in there so it can fill even more, you know, everything we missed. Oh, we'll uh, be able I'm sure to... there'll be a lot shoved in there. All right, anyhow, we got we do have our first guest already up on the line. We have Nath- uh, Nathaniel. Nathaniel, help me out with your last name. Benversi. Good morning. So Nathaniel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? first. Absolutely, yeah. So I spent some time in the seminary back in the glory days and grew up Catholic, of course. Left the church, came back to the church, went to seminary, and uh, after that, ended up a focused missionary doing college camp ministry for a number of years. And then my last full-time span of years was working for Exodus, developing and furthering Exodus 90 and the biblical series that we have after that, and just working in men's formation overall, and then traveling around the country with my family, doing speaking engagements to help men draw closer to our Lord, they can be better husbands and better better fathers. Sweet. What what diocese were you studying for when you were in the seminary? The diocese of Green Bay, which is where I, I grew up, so not too far from you, and I actually was at the University of St. Thomas, so just down the road from you uh, in St. Okay. Paul. Yeah, so, you know, our, as I'm sure you know, in Duluth, our bishop is from Green Bay. Yeah, I do it, know, actually. He was my pastor when I was young, and uh, really? even when I was in life, he was my pastor there. Maybe, yeah. maybe we should exchange numbers when we get off the air. We can talk a little bit more. I want to hear more about him. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have only great things to say, so I'm happy to talk. Yeah, well, I'm the same way. He's, he's great. So uh, we're very, very happy with having Bishop Felton up here. So anyhow, so, okay, so Nathaniel, we got a men's conference coming up here pretty quick that we got you on the line here for. So what, where exactly is the conference? conference is in Rapid City, South Dakota. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, uh, I just one other question about yourself. I just didn't have where it was, the Rapid City thing. How long were you in the seminary for, just out of curiosity? Yeah, two years, my junior and senior year of college. Okay. All right. And that was during the glory years, you said? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, 
you know the, the years when you come come post conversion you're just really fired up and it's just like yeah god you clearly need some help and i'm zealous so i'm gonna go be a priest for you and then you realize <laughs> later oh that's not really how it works yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah the lord right. isn't actually you know calling me to do this just really need my help but yeah it was, you know still a joyful time of life for sure yeah no that's great um nathaniel can you explain like what the main focus of the retreat will be yeah, we're going to talk most, most specifically about living the Christian life fully. So how to live it through prayer, how to live it through asceticism, which is acts of self-denial, and how to live it through fraternity, and the need for all three of those things in the Christian life, not just one, not just prayer, not just some fellowship, but real fraternity, and this, this thing called asceticism, which some of us have heard about, but maybe not as much, especially outside of Lent. I think we might be talking about asceticism, which is acts of self-denial, inside of Lent through fasting and maybe almsgiving. But how do we do this year-round, and why are we called to do it year-round? So that's going to be the main aspect uh, of the whole retreat. But not, but asceticism is more than just giving up stuff, isn't it? Can you maybe unpack what asceticism means for maybe a listener that might be foreign concept to them, or what the word even means? Yes, yeah, certainly, certainly. So when it comes to asceticism, it's really about freeing ourselves from the things of this world. So it could be denying ourselves of a good or a pleasure, or it could be denying ourselves maybe even just a first choice of something, like instead of, you know, choosing an, uh, you know, a sweet, you choose something good and healthy, or you choose to, you know, accept things with greater joy that are coming your way. And this is, this is you know, an example of not denying uh, yourself something, but okay, some, some negative thing is happening to you at work, and you're having a bad situation at work, and you're going to receive that with joy, and you're going to offer that up to the Lord, unite it to the cross, as St. Paul tells us, that we can do with our sufferings, unite them, the sufferings of Christ, and use that as a, a real sacrifice on the altar, if you will, utilizing our common priesthood and really making that sacrifice that we ought to do for our wives, for our children, that's our obligation as, as Christian men, and or for, you know, others who really need those prayers. So asceticism frees us to really live the Christian life that we are all baptized into, priest, prophet, and king. But maybe we don't talk about it or don't really think about doing. Yeah, you know, during so during Lent, I always got this thing during Lent, and my parishioners that have been around me a long time know what I talk about. I, the whole idea of giving up things for Lent is not like a, a an exercise of self discipline, but it's as you as you mentioned, Nathaniel, a way of freeing ourselves from things that we're attached to, but also to to show ourselves to to remind ourselves how much we need to be attached to what we really need, and that's God. Right, so we uh, we free ourselves from things that uh, um, uh, things that we normally like, but also recognize the more we give things up, the more we recognize the only thing we should really depend upon is God. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing that I I often can can overlook in this topic, Father, is how much joy comes from that. Like I remember the last talk I gave out in Tulsa, Oklahoma, a guy came up to me and he goes, I, I shared with him, you know, what I was doing for Lent and how I live, especially Wednesdays and Fridays throughout the entire year, and he comes to me, he goes. I know the answer to this, but can you please just tell me, like, are you really happy? Like, does giving those things up, like, let's say, meet on Fridays all all year round, does that actually make you happy? Or are you, like, you know, sad that you couldn't have meat on a Friday if it was the 4th of July? And you know what? That that, that statement, that question shows how attached that we are. The, mm-hmm. the thought that, you know, if I can't have meat, I can't be happy. And once we detach from those things, which is hard, I'm, I'm totally agreeing, right? that's hard, that's hard to do. Our world has trained us to be one way. But once we do, then we're actually free to attach ourselves most fully to Christ, the one who is 
the way, the truth, and the life as you as was being mentioned earlier. The one who is our true fulfillment and our true joy. And man, absolutely, am I ever more happy now than I ever was before. It doesn't make it not hard, but it is so fulfilling and brings well, it, such true joy. And but and yet the the question that the guy asked you is somewhat maybe not uh, an ideal question because. We're not really made for happiness, are we? We're made for joy. True. And so yeah. there's a difference between happiness and joy. And so yeah. giving up certain things in an ascetic sort of way can hopefully lead us more to being attached to God, which is the only thing that's going to be a source of joy. And so, Yeah, absolutely. Um, just out of curiosity, it, when you're doing something for so long, does it ever lose its, I don't know, its thunder, so to speak? <laughs> like... Do you feel like, I mean, I know you go around and you lecture and that helps, I think, keep you in, but is there something where it just becomes so routine that it, you don't think about it anymore, the purpose? I would say some things become so routine that I don't necessarily have to think about them as in like, they haven't become as hard, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, as long as I can remember why I'm doing them each day. Uh, On the other hand, I do think it is good to have things that are hard. So I'll speak to both, both directions there. Cindy. So one, uh, let's go with your question mainly in terms of like, how do we keep things to be kind of rigorous, if you will, to keep ourselves a uniting good offerings to the Lord. And then when I was working with Exodus and developing the biblical series, this is 20 different exercises that we developed, each of these spiritual exercises. This was about 35 days in life, and every 35 days, you'd get a new set of scriptures and reflections to work through, and you'd have a new set of disciplines. Most of those disciplines would change each 35 days. So you'd, let's say, give up watching TV for 35 days, and you'd give up alcohol. There's other disciplines as well that would be be in there, right? But some would stay the same, such as no meat on Fridays would stay the same. So I like the fact that, yeah, you set a time with our Lord, you're very concrete with our Lord in prayer. Lord, what do you want me to do? Let's say for 30 days. Or if you want to just start with seven days, if you haven't done much of this before, great, start with seven days. And then you can be resolute for those seven days with our Lord. And then you can revisit it at the end and ask him, you know, what do you want me to do next? And that keeps kind of allowing you to maybe, let's say, not give up movies for the rest of your life, because I have children, and they like, they like to watch The Chosen with me, and, and honestly, see movies with me before, you know, a great ski season. And with that, great, I'll give it up for a certain amount of days, that way we have the time, and then I can still be present with them also. But on the other hand, then, Cindy, on the things that are, are regular, so my family and I, you know, for a number of years now, haven't had meat on, on Wednesday or Friday. And that's just become the way that we live. And that allows us to be in, that allows us to be in a great rhythm of life that every Wednesday and every Friday, we just know what we're doing. Now, I have to do exactly what you said, you know, have a good intention in mind. So each day of the week I have assigned a new intention. Today is Tuesday. I have women religious and those who maybe have fallen away from women's religious life, etc. Uh, on Tuesdays. And so all of my sacrifices on Tuesdays is for them. Monday is for, for men's religious and priests, and so on throughout the week. So keeping those things in mind, but I'm not just sacrificing for sacrificing faith. Right. But I'm doing so with Christ as an offering, united to the cross. I hope that helps kind of answer that question. Well, and I think that that's key, isn't it, Nathaniel? Because lots of times when I'm you know talking to guys that are doing the Exodus 90 thing, it's like I feel like there's really needs to be some really proper guidance for them to get the spiritual benefits of it rather than being just like a an extreme version of Lent, you know, and, and sometimes I fear that, sometimes I fear that, that, uh, guys can like mostly use it as an exercise of self-discipline rather than a spiritual side of things. And so, uh, you know, how do you, how do you try and 
direct guys in that regards. Yeah, absolutely. That's certainly certainly a way that people can use it for sure in, in widespread. So the first thing is that they have to be doing the readings and the reflections. And those readings and the reflections that we've written uh, are, are really good at helping us not do that. Keep our eyes focused on Christ. And none of our offerings are worth anything apart from Him, apart from His main sacrifice. So we have to be close to Him and uniting our suffering to Him. So that would be the first. Then on the other hand, Father, right, it's the aspect of, okay, if I told the guy, hey, I want you to unite your sufferings to Christ, and, and I use all this spiritual language, and he has not even a prayer life at all, he's not going to be attracted to this. So certainly at Exodus, we kind of know, like, all right, well, if we can get these guys in by them, like, thinking this is just some big challenge, and, you know, they want to be a better man because they know that they maybe are on their phone too much or are struggling with other vices, great, we'll meet them, we'll meet them right where they are, there, and then keep them like learning more and more, being more disposed to Christ in their daily silent prayer, that is a part of the exercise, and allow Christ to kind of work with them through the, through the readings and reflections, the scripture and the reflections, and through you know, his time in silence with them. But yeah, it is certainly less fulfilling when we do it with ourselves, just for ourselves, if you will, and far more fulfilling when we realize this man, wow, this is really for others. I am really made to live for others. And I think, you know, the, the difficulty of it is attractive to guys. You know, I, I, I think it's normal for guys, they want to take on a challenge and show that they're manly, you know, the typical guy. You know? And so there's something about Exodus 90 that's probably appealing to the average guy, maybe even if he doesn't have that strong faith life, just because it's yeah, tough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And we're happy to meet guys right there. I mean, we aren't, we aren't challenged enough as men in this world. We're told to just turn on our, you know, heat seater at the... Uh, it's either if we're you know too cold up there driving around to lose you know be comfortable. Yeah. That's just not that's not what Christ did. You know he didn't look for comfort, nor should we. And we're going to be right. far more fulfilled than we when we live as Christ lived. Yeah, and as a modern society, it's all about comfort, right? <laughs> Everything is about comfort. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, we're uh, we're talking to Nathaniel Benversi in regards to the men's conference coming up in Rapid City shortly. We'll continue this conversation after this brief break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. I've heard people say that, you know, they came in on the middle of a program and didn't know really who was who was on, but they recognized my voice if, if I happened to be the, the guest for that broadcast and and which made me kind of smile because I didn't know my voice was that noticeable. <laughs> but uh, but it is true, you know, I think that for a bishop to be able to have that kind of entree into the lives of people, for them to be able to hear him talk about just ordinary things that maybe affect their lives, and just to hear him reflect on his own faith life and the, the life of the church, I, I think that's a real blessing. I've, you know, I've been on and talked about different issues of, of current interest before and things that are on the minds of people. and. They've been glad to hear what my perspective is, because otherwise perhaps they wouldn't have known. And as I said, there have been some question-answer occasions, too, where we've had opportunities, kind of an open forum, where people can send in a question, and I'll do my best to answer it. And maybe they wouldn't have asked that question before. I know that that's happened. I, that, that's something I've heard before, too. And every so often, somebody will say, oh, I heard you on the radio, and, and that's pretty cool. 
I think the apostles would have killed to have this kind of a means of communication, but they did pretty well. The spoken word is so important, you know, faith, faith comes through hearing, we're told. And so I, I think that uh, I can write a lot of stuff, but to actually speak these things and for it to resonate in the, in the hearts of people, it, it's very important that it's reinforced with the, the spoken word. That's the way Jesus taught. He didn't write a, a single book in his time, but he spoke to everybody. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Richard Kunst. My co-host is Cindy Jennings, and we're coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, and we're talking to Nathaniel Benversi about an um, upcoming men's conference in Rapid City. And so, uh, Nathaniel, again, it's good to have you. So it sounds like you you are a guy that has done a number of these talks and retreats in the past. Is this kind of like one of your side gigs? Uh, yeah, I think I did about 40 engagements, 41 engagements uh, this wow. last year. Wow. My family That's and I, we, we live full-time in an RV, actually, a typical oh, so RV, and we travel, travel around the country and, and give speaking engagements, yeah. So this is not a side gig. This is the gig. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Doing men's formation as a whole is, is, is what we do. Yeah. So where are some of the places you've gone? Uh, pretty much all over the country, Father. We've been down to Tampa, Florida, and all the way up to Vancouver, Washington. So pretty much anywhere in between, Scottsdale, Arizona, you know, pretty much every four corners besides the, the cities in the Northeast, which with a fifth wheel that's 42 feet long is, is probably a good thing. Yeah. And how many kids do you have? We have three children. Our youngest oh, wow. is about three months old, and our oldest is about five and a half. <laughs> That's great. What a life. I'd like to be a fly <laughs> on the wall for a, a, a week or two with you guys. So, okay, yeah, so yeah. so we, we got them, uh, the the information on this retreat is going to be at the Terrasanta Retreat Center in Rapid City on March 11th. And so it's going to be from 8 a.m. to 4.30 on that day. And so uh, how many... How many? And you can get more information on that, I'm sure, through the Rapid City uh, website. Uh, just check that out and see if it's something you're interested in. So, um, uh, do you know? Has have you been to the Rap? Is this like an annual thing in Rapid City that you've been to before? This men's. I I have not you know, personally like been there before, but yeah, they they have it every year in Rapid City for sure, and it's their men's conference, their annual annual men's men's conference. They have a few over 100 people show up each year. And they have some hands-on things that go on there, as well as, of course, these engaging talks as well. It's a full-day event, and uh, really, really as impactful as possible, and, and you can fit into one day. So, okay, so how, what would you, if a guy's listening, driving his car right now, and he's listening, and he's somewhere in, in western South Dakota, and he's thinking, well, why should I go to this thing? What would you say to him? What, w- what would be your plug to get somebody <laughs> to sign up? Yeah, my plug would be this. On this Saturday, you're going to get a chance to encounter Christ a little bit more deeper. You're going to get a chance to realize a little bit more fully what the Christian life looks like. You're going to get some really practical, practical elements to implement right away in your life to become a better husband, a better father, a better man in your workplace, a better friend. If you're not going to do that this Saturday or this spring at all, if you're not going to come to this event, where are you going to get that information? Where are you going to get that type of formation? And how are you going to become a better man this year? Because nothing is not a great answer over something. And this is a pretty good opportunity. So my encouragement is, do this. It's not for you. If you don't like men's conferences, that's fine. Don't do it for you. 
live for your wife or your children or your co-workers. Live for others. The Lord might have a great gift for you to bring back to somebody else. Yeah, that's great because it's like, there's all these self-help books that are out there. And, you know, there's something about very egocentric about that. And so a self-help book, not for yourself, but for others, is like the way to go, right? I mean, that's the whole Christian message that, you know, yeah. we're for, for others. And so so a little sneak peek, what are some of the practical things that maybe you mention in the retreat? I mean, obviously you're not yeah, going to spill the whole beans right now. But. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go into a real rule of life of what it looks like as a Christian man. Like what have not just saints, but other holy people throughout the ages done in regular so what does a daily prayer life look like? What would it include? What specifically would it include? What does daily asceticism look like, and how do I implement that into my life? And then what does fraternity look like? What are the parameters of fraternity? What does a real fraternity mean? How often should I meet with that fraternity? What should we be doing as a fraternity? That way we can each hold each other accountable to these other aspects of prayer and of asceticism to become the best man that we can possibly be and not waste any time in our life really pursuing Christ uh, and really allowing us to be free to receive the gift that he has in store for us, to live with more joy and more fulfillment. That sounds great. I could actually have thought about a few people that just popped in my head that would be, I mean, I wish that I should could go. go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you, ever do, do you ever do women's retreats like this, or is it just a men's thing that you do in I don't particular? Per- yeah, I don't personally do the women's retreat. As you could probably guess, Father, I, I don't really know women that well. You know, but Granted, I live with four of them, <laughs> but, you know, not being one, you know, yeah. still some distance there. My wife says women's talk, but uh, but not myself. So, can you tell us a little bit about different places that you've been? Is there any? I already asked him that. Good stories. Wait, wait, well, oh, said, okay. Good stories. Okay, Cindy. Sometimes, so so I apologize, uh, Nathan. Sometimes Cindy is like like tuning me out when I'm talking. She's like not asking the same question. Oh, okay, sorry, Cindy. I'm just She's, asking. Oh, no yeah, worries. All right, go ahead, Cindy. Go ahead, Cindy. Sorry. No worries. No. Yeah, yeah. I got the question. <laughs> Understandable. I mean, sometimes you get the headphones on in the, in the studio. And you're I know Oklahoma. I get Oklahoma. Yeah. But, I mean, just other <laughs> yeah. places that... What are some of your favorite places? And Cindy wants to know what stories might be really good that you've gone to. <laughs> yeah, you know, my, one of my favorite places was actually in Tampa, Florida. And being down there, I was at Christ the King Parish there. And the, the young men who led this uh, men's group there, you know, it was, they had men at the men's group, about 100 people each week. And it was an early morning men's group before work on, say, a, a Tuesday or something like that. They had been doing that man as you, but then they started doing other things as well once they kind of had worked through most of that material. And they'd have guys from, let's say, mid-20s all the way up to, you know, 70s and 80s. And the guys who were running this group, though, they were young. They were in, like, their 30s or maybe low 40s. Uh, and it was beautiful to see guys that young engaged and desiring to continue to do something. And what I think motivated me the most was guys, especially in their upper 20s, low, mid-30s, even low 40s, we think that, well, the, the church gives us things, you know? Like, the, it's not our responsibility. If there's a men's group, well, Father should put that on. Or some old guy who's retired who has more time and no children, he should put it on. It's not my responsibility. Like, I just receive here, and if it's not there, well, then it's too bad. I guess I don't receive anything. But it was really cool and really motivating to see these young men just stepping up and saying, no, Father has plenty to do at the parish. And the sacraments are the most important thing for him to be doing to bring Jesus Christ to, to each and every person in this community. My job? Yeah, I can get up. I can have a men's group once a month. I can put that together, or once a week. I can make the invitation. And these guys did it, and had over 100 guys every week at like 6.30 in the morning. And it was just so beautiful and so inspiring. And I got plenty of stories like that kind of all over the country, but uh, it was really motivating to me to motivate others. Like, hey, listen, 
I don't care if you've been educated or not in the faith, like at a deep level or high level, whatever. Just get up and make invitations to people and host events at your parish and let the Lord do the rest. So how, how long have you been doing this for? We've been on the road for about a year and a half, and then I worked for Exodus for, for four and a half years. So so here's my question. So you've been kind of doing the whole men's retreat, kind of like spiritual enrichment type of thing for about five years, right? Right, right around there, a little yeah, over that? That's right. Have you, yeah. So... Have, so as our as our as our country seems to get more and more secular and more and more non-religious, which seems to have accelerated in the last couple of years, are you seeing more of a hunger for this sort of thing? I would say I'm seeing more of a hunger from the young people, as, as I was kind of alluding to there. At the same time, but only those who are really like attuned and are actually listening and fair and actually desiring it, right? And then from the older people, there's some hunger there, but unfortunately, there's a lot of jadedness. It's like, well, this is just what we do at our parish. If you're an older person and, and you feel like you're offended by the statement, great. Like, utilize that offendedness and go and make things happen and invite more people to, to not just, like, attend a fish fry, right? But actually, you know, encounter Jesus Christ in the gospel and not be afraid to share that with them and to invite young people to something that's going to impact them. And then if you are a young person, yeah, the, the hunger is certainly there, Father, which is so beautiful, but we don't know what we can do as young people. We don't know. We don't want to step on toes if there's already a men's group. Like, that's something I see. Well, there's already a men's group, so it's all old guys. I don't really want to go, but I don't want to start a new one because, like, that's their thing. And so that's been a, kind of a tension in our country right now. We need some refreshing things. We need some new young men inviting other young men. But there's a tension of, well, can I do that? Would I be offended against anybody? Or am I even qualified to do it? But I really long to encounter Christ more deeply, more than just for one hour on Sunday. So- so, I, so I've got a number of young guys, as every parish has, right? In my in my parish, I've got mm-hmm. a number of young guys. They're usually young dads, you know, with young kids and stuff like that, and faithful, faithful families that kind of get together here and there. And how would I? I mean, how would somebody in like in my parish? I get you know, like I said, a handful of them. How would I, as pastor, I, I'm too busy to kind of like run something like that. If one of if one of these young men in my parish were listening right now. What would you advise him and how to move forward to be making this a little bit more of a formal thing than just like, let's go out and have a beer every once in a while? How, how would you yeah. encourage them? Because yeah, there's some really good them. faithful guys, you know, I mean, really good faithful guys, but I, and I can't do it. I just don't have the time as the priest. Absolutely. To- totally understand that. And, and is it really your responsibility to do all that fishing, or is that a part of our responsibility as Christian men, right? Right. So I totally agree with that, Father. To the, to the lay guy and to you in terms of, or any pastors who might be listening or priests who might be listening, I run into the priests also who would be like, yeah, well, we haven't started a young men's group because I don't have time to start it. And I don't know that anybody in the church is really, like, good enough, if you will, sound enough in their face to, st- faith to start it. And when I ask a priest who says that, okay, well, how long have you been here at the parish? I don't know, like four or so years. Oh, really? And how long have you desired to start a men's group? Well, since I got here. Okay, so four years have passed where nobody's encountered Christ in this core target audience that is leading their family. And who's, who's responsible for that? Is it because you haven't been willing to trust some young men to kind of make a mess? Like, okay, so my encouragement would be this. It, it might not be perfect, but if you can't do it, you don't have the time, if the Lord's not asking you to do it, then trust that He's going to provide the grace to lead somebody to. That might mean you going out and inviting somebody who you know Maybe they're not super sound in the face, but they're attractive. And by attractive, I mean they're going to be able to invite other men, and the men are going to respond to them. And then give them a resource. Hey, here, do, do these exodus exercises, or go do that man as you, or 
here's a Bible study that it's already, like, I know is good. All you have to do is read this each week and discuss it. Or I'm going to give you the Sunday Gospel list from, you know, the USCCB website or whatever. Just do Lexi. I'll teach you how to do Lexi. I'll come to one of your guys' meetings. We'll do Lexia together. Then each week, have a beer, do Lexia, share what you have encountered in that Lexia, and let that be a foundation. Actually open you up to real conversation and an encounter with the Logos, Jesus Christ, right there on the Word. Something. Give them something. There's so many resources in our church and so many redundant resources, but they're not being utilized. Because maybe we don't trust the young people who are, quote-unquote, unqualified to use them, and so nothing happens as opposed to something. The encouragement is, is to trust our Lord, that He's going to be there where two or three are gathered and help to lead that conversation. Do you, do you find, because you mentioned this earlier about the place down in Florida, do you find the early morning thing for guys an attractive period of time? <laughs> yeah, attractive, maybe not, but doable, <laughs> yes, right? And this is where it, it takes the guys who really are desirous to do this and takes that attractive guy to say, like, hey, listen, I know I'm busy. I know you're busy. I know we all got kids, but we're going to get up because this is stinking worth it, man. This is worth it to be better husbands, better fathers. Like, let's just do this. Saturday morning, 6 a.m. We'll be back at 7.30 and have breakfast with our family. We're not no. doing anything else at that time, you know? No, that, so it's that, hard, but it's uh, usually more appreciated by the wives, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, okay. Well, thank you, Nathaniel. This has been great. So the the, re, the retreat's at Terrasanta Retreat Center on March 11th from 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. in Rapid City. And so uh, Nathaniel Benversi, uh, who we've been talking to, is going to be the main speaker. And Nathaniel, good luck and God's blessing on all your ministry. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for so joining much, us. Thanks so much for having me on here. I really appreciate it. Great. God bless. All right. After this very brief break, we'll uh, continue the show with Straight Talk. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 